Want me to move beside you?
Good morning, everyone. Oh, that's loud, isn't it? Anybody hear that? <laughs> that's loud, isn't it? <laughs> Sorry about that. I guess everybody heard, huh? <laughs> it's good to see everybody here this morning. We'd like to take this time to welcome visitors. We're having a potluck lunch immediately after services. If you don't stay, it's your fault and your loss. The food will be good. We invite you to that. Then we come back at 1 for our evening service. There will be no evening service at 6 o'clock this evening. Also, remember June 4th through the 8th is VBS. Make plans for that starting next week. A couple of families we need to keep in our prayers. Continue to keep the Leap family in your prayers at the passing of Gary's brother, Terry. He was laid to rest on Friday. We have a community accident that resulted in loss of life. Will and Kristen Mitchell lost her son David this week on an accident on a golf cart. Please keep that family in your prayers at this time. I'd like to read from Romans 12, verses 9 through 13, if you'd like to follow along. Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, give them preference to one another. Not lagging in diligence, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing steadfastly in prayer. Amen. 9 through 12. Would you bow with me at this time, please? Father, we are thankful for this beautiful day of life that you've given us for the night's rest and for your son who came and died for us. We're thankful for the morning rain and pray that you bless us with a good, safe day. We're thankful that we have the opportunity to be here at this time to worship you and we pray the things that we do are pleasing unto you in accordance with your will. Father, we ask that you help those that have lost loved ones, especially be with the Leap family at the passing of Terry. Bless them and comfort them. And Father, be with the Mitchell family at this time at the sudden loss of their son in an accident this week. Bless them, encourage them, and pray that they look to you for guidance and help. We ask, Father, that you bless us in this worship service, forgive us of our sins, and in thy son's name we pray, and amen. Would you stand for the first song, please? First hymn this morning, number 48, Anywhere with Jesus, number 48. <clears throat> Anywhere with Jesus, I can safely go. Anywhere he leads me in this world below, anywhere without him there is joys would pain. Anywhere with Jesus I am not afraid. Anywhere, anywhere, there I cannot know. 
is I am God alone. Other friends may bend me, he is still my own. Though his hand may lead me over dreary ways, anywhere where Jesus is, I Next hymn this morning, number 40, Be With Me, Lord, number 40. After this hymn, Brother Mike Williams will have our scripture reading and prayer. Okay. 
scripture reading that Chris selected this morning comes from 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 8 verse 18. 1 Peter 3 verse 18. For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust, so that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we approach you this morning thanking you for being our God. We thank you for all the many blessings that you bestow upon us. We thank you for the opportunity to be here this morning to worship you, to sing praises to you, Father. And as we uh, remember your son here in a few minutes, we thank you for him, for his life, for his death, and for his resurrection, Father. We thank you for the hope that we have through him and and pray that everything that we do this morning will be pleasing to you, Father, that we'll clear our minds of worldly distractions, that we'll put our complete focus upon you and our time here to, to give you the worship that you deserve, and pray that everything we do follows the, the plan that you've laid out through your word, Father. Father, we're mindful of so many that are struggling with various health issues, those that were mentioned in our class this morning, and we pray for the, uh, the Mitchell family at this time, for their loss, and for the Leap family, and for the Wheeler family, Father. We just pray as they're grieving their losses that you'll bless them and comfort them as only you can. Be with those that continue to, to deal with cancer. Be with Jim and Amber and, and Diana Foss, and, and um, be with Jimmy as he continues to heal from his treatments. And, and Father, be with our shut-ins those that would love to be here with us this morning but are unable to, and we just pray for each of them that you'll comfort them and, and strengthen them, Father. Father, this weekend as we remember the men and women who've paid the ultimate sacrifice to protect our freedoms, we just pray for our country, Lord. Pray that we'll turn back to you, Father. We especially pray for your church, for the church in this area, Father, that we will persevere, that we'll stand strong, that we'll do our part in being a light in this community, Lord. Pray you give us the, the right words to, to say to those around us that we can reach the community and, and bring more people to know you, Father. Lord, we just ask that you will forgive us of our many sins, be with those that are traveling this week and through the summer, keep them safe. We pray all these things through your son, Jesus. Amen. Next hymn this morning, number 764, When We Meet in Sweet Communion. 764. <clears throat> when we meet in sweet Thank you. 
I'd like to start off by reading a letter written a long time ago. Dear Madam, I've been shown in the files of the War Department a statement from the Adjutant General of Massachusetts that you are the mother of five sons who have died gloriously in the field of battle. I feel how weak and fruitless must be any words of mine that should attempt to beguile you from the grief of a loss so overwhelming. But I cannot refrain from tendering you the con consolidation that may be found in the thanks of the Republic they died to save. I pray that our Heavenly Father may assuage your anguish of your bereavement and leave you only the cherished memories of the loved and lost. In solemn pride it must be yours to have laid such a costly sacrifice upon the altar of freedom. Yours very respectfully and sincerely, Abraham Lincoln. Tomorrow is Memorial Day. Originally founded in 1868 as a day to decorate the graves of the Civil War soldiers. Made an official holiday in 1966 as a day to honor the, all of those who gave their life in service to this country. I read you that letter to, as a somber reminder that freedom is not free and that it requires men and women to, to volunteer to serve and all, sometimes sacrifice their lives so that we might enjoy these freedoms we have. So tomorrow as we're celebrating, as we're having cookouts and spending time with family, I urge each and every one of you to pause and remember the cost of freedom. And as we pause during this worship service now, I'd like to also 
turn our attention to another who gave his life so that we might have freedoms. Jesus gave up this perfect life in heaven to come to this earth to live as a man, to endure the hardships and troubles that we've experienced every day, and ultimately gave his life on Calvary's cross so that through his death, we might have a hope of eternal life with him someday. May we never forget the sacrifice that he did for each and every one of us simply because he loved us and considered us worthy of giving us life. Let's go to God in prayer for the bread. Our Father in heaven, we thank you so much for all of our blessings, Lord, especially for your son, who was willing to come to this earth and live as a man and to die as a criminal in our stead. We're so thankful that because he loved us so much that he was willing to to endure that, that hardship and that death and that because of that sacrifice, we have a hope of, of spending heaven with you. We ask that you bless this bread, be with those who partake of it, and help us to never take for granted the freedoms that we have because of your son. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Let's give thanks for the fruit of the vine. Our Heavenly Father, once again we come before you thanking you and praising your high and holy name. 
We ask this time that you bless the fruit of the vine, which represents your son's blood, who was spilled for, to, for an atonement for our sins. Bless this cup and bless those who partake. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. This concludes the Lord's Supper, but it is an opportune time now to fulfill another obligation of uh, Christians, and that is to, to give back a por- portion of the blessings in which we've been blessed with. Everyone here in this, in this uh, building, in this country, is part of the richest and most blessed nation in the entire world that's ever existed. 
Sometimes I feel we, we forget that or take that for granted. Let's never forget how richly we've been blessed and remember that all these good blessings, all these good gifts come from God. Let's give thanks. Our Heavenly Father, we know that all good things come from you. You have blessed us so richly, Lord, and we thank you so much. We ask that you help us to be mindful of these blessings and never take them for granted. We ask that you be with this collection that is taken up, that the funds that are collected may be used to help further your, your message and, and spread the good news of your son throughout this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all please stand. We'll sing hymn number 400, Living by Faith. Number 400. <clears throat> so at this time, the young children may go to the children's Bible hour. <clears throat> I care not today what the morrow may bring, if shadow or sunshine or rain. The Lord I know for everything, and all of my worry is bad. In Jesus above, lost and confined in His great love. From the heart's end, in His sheltering love, I'm living by faith and feel no love. The tempest may blow and the storm clouds arrive, obscuring the brightness of life. I'm never alone in the overcast eyes, the masterless fall at the strife. Living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love. From all harm safe in the sheltering arms, I'm living by faith and feel no harm. I'm 
The invitation hymn for this morning be number 50, Are You Washed in the Blood? Hymn number 50, Brother Chris. Good morning. As has already been mentioned this morning, uh, you are invited to our uh, fellowship meal afterwards. It'll be in our room right adjacent to this room. Uh, there's always plenty of food and it is good. And so we would love for you to stay with us, join us. You would be our honored guest. Today we're in Psalm chapter 42. We're walking through a series uh, we're calling Unstoppable Families. And um, the, the premise behind this is, uh, is really what makes us unstoppable. Well, um, in Acts, which we're walking through during the, the rest of the year, we're taking kind of a hiatus off from Acts um, during this season, but during uh, the normal Sundays in this year, we're talking through the book of Acts and how the church is unstoppable. Um, it just despite uh, all the ones that try to throw hurdles uh, in her way, despite um, all of the, uh, the possibilities for uh, stagnancy and apathy, the church just grows and grows and grows. Uh, and nothing can stand in our way because God is at the center of it. It's part of uh, His mission and part of His will. And so it is unstoppable. And so we're, we're co-opting that theme and talking about unstoppable families. What makes a family unstoppable? And today we're looking at uh, Psalm chapter 42 as we think what it means uh, to persevere through doubt. There are seasons in your life where you will doubt. Uh, when we say doubt, usually we think of intellectual doubt. Uh, and we're thinking of guys like Stephen Hawking um, that would uh, espouse um, this idea that they've looked at the science and the science doesn't match up to uh, faith. It, doesn't, it can't explain uh, how the world was created. And of course, there are a variety of evidences we can and have looked at in the past that uh, would uh, invalidate those claims. Uh, there are an abundance of evidence for uh, God creating the world exactly like he said he did. In fact, uh, in my mind, there's, there's no other alternative there. But usually when we think of doubt, that's the kind of doubt we're thinking about. We're not talking about that kind of doubt today. We've talked about that in the past. I think there's some validity to talking through that sort of doubt, obviously, uh, as we think through apologetics uh, and Christian evidences and those kinds of things. Uh, we... Uh, can refute those arguments and know that there is um, a God in heaven and that He is the same God that's described in Scripture. But that's not the kind of doubt we're talking about today. There is volitional doubt. Uh, suppose um, it's just the, the type of doubt that you might encounter 
when you understand what God wants from you, but you don't want to give it to Him. You don't want to submit. You don't want to make the sacrifices. Uh, you're happy right where you are, and you're going to continue doing exactly what you want to do despite what He says. Uh, that's volitional doubt. Uh, it's, it's a doubt of the will. You, you want to continue doing what you want to do. And that's, that's what we talk about really usually on Sundays, right, is convincing us not to live that kind of lifestyle. Uh, and so we're not talking about that today either. Today we're talking about emotional doubt. And I would just hazard a guess that at some point in your life today, everyone uh, that's listening today has experienced, has been through a season where you've experienced at least this type of doubt. There is so much pain, so much grief um, that we're called to bear here. Um, when you lose a loved one, uh, especially uh, the, the incident that happened in our community just last week uh, with, with the young man that was lost, um, things like that almost open the doors to this type of, of doubt where you're hurting so bad you, you just don't know if you can believe in God. Um, it's harder to, and, and I'm betting through grief of your own or through a variety of circumstances, you've been in this type of season yourself. Most of us go through that type of season in life at least once, probably multiple times throughout our lives. We'll be in that season where we're hurting and we cry out to God and we just feel like He's not listening. You've been there, right? I, I've been there where you're hurting so bad and you just think, I, I've been praying and I've been asking and I've, I've lined up my life right and I, I've tried to live like He wants me to live and I just, I'm wondering if He hears me. I, I'm frustrated and I, I'm hurt and I just feel like He doesn't hear Psalms talks an awful lot about that type of doubt. Um, the psalmists are no stranger to that type of doubt. And in fact, because these are inspired songs, God knows that we're going to struggle with that type of doubt. And so has given us a whole book full of people who are struggling with that type of doubt so that we can work through it in a way that honors God ourselves. So today we're looking at Psalm chapter 42. We're going to start in verse 1. I don't think my mic is working. Is that working? Okay, good deal. Okay, so we're in Psalm chapter 42, verse 1. One of the first things we're going to learn from Psalm 42 um, happens right here in verse 1. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? You just stop right there because there's something here that, that you've probably missed. I, I've missed it all these years until I started looking through the text for this lesson. This, this scene that the psalmist is trying to paint for you, is not of a deer drinking water. Go back and look at it again, because that's the, the normal way that we, we think about this. It's not, a it's not a deer drinking water. 
It's a deer in the desert longing for water. His tongue's hanging out. He's, he's, he's tired. Uh, there's, he's sweating. Have you ever been in that situation where you, maybe, maybe, maybe not, because we live in a country where water and food are easily accessible, uh, and most of us have never experienced that type of thirst or that type of hunger uh, where you just feel like you're about to expire. Uh, you can't go another step. But that's the, the image that our psalmist is painting for us this morning. It's of a, a deer who is, he, he's almost done. He doesn't, doesn't he think he can take one more step. He needs water. He, he's longing for water. The psalmist says, that's just like my soul is longing for you, O God. We gotta know what we what we want, right? You gotta know what you want. Um, if you're married, I would just imagine that you've had this conversation this week. Maybe you're gonna have it in just a couple of hours uh, when you look, start looking for supper because you're gonna stay for the lunch here, so you won't have to have it here. That's another good reason to stay here for lunch. But I bet you're gonna have this conversation for supper tonight. You're gonna look over at your spouse and you're gonna say, "Where do you want to eat?" And they're going to say, I don't know, where do you want to eat? And you're going to say, well, that's why I asked you. I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, and you're going to have that back and forth. And you're going to, you're going to suppose somewhere you're going, to, you're going to give a suggestion for somewhere that you're going to eat. And you know what they're going to say? No, not there. Right? That's what they're going to say. No, I don't want to eat there. And then you're going to say, oh, okay. Well, what about this other place? No, not there either. We had that last week, you know. And they're just going to keep on going. And finally you figure out that they had a suggestion. They still want to tell you what it was. They don't know what they want, right? And when we don't know what we want, what, what happens? We struggle. And it's true with silly things like where you're going to eat. But it's also true for big things like who you're going to worship. How you're going to live, right? So you've got to figure out what you want. The psalmist knows what he wants. He is laser focused on what he wants. He wants God. And there's nothing that's going to be able to stand in his way. He is in a season of doubt. He's struggling. The psalmist is. And you're going to see that pulled out as, as we walk through this passage. But he is so laser focused on what he wants. He knows that he wants God. And, and nothing is going to stand in his way of uh, of being in God's presence. Hold your finger in Psalm 42 and flip over to 1 Peter chapter 3. This is the passage that, uh, that Mike read for us this morning. We need, to, we need to think through 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 as well because it plays into what we're talking about right here with, with wanting God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18. He says, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. Just probably stop right there because the, the next thought kind of goes on to the next several verses and we, we kind of enter into a new train of thought. But if you just stop right, right here in verse 18, we need, to, we need to kind of pull some of this apart. So, so let's walk through it. Christ also suffered, right? 
He's going to say throughout the rest of Scripture that it's good for you to suffer. Because we learn some things in the midst of our suffering that we cannot learn any other way. James would say you need to be happy when you suffer, right? And so here Peter's talking about Christ suffering. Obviously it's his, it's his crucifixion that, that he's, he's pointed to. Um, but Christ also suffered one time. One time. That was enough to fulfill his obligation. That was enough to wipe away our sins one time. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. He, he's not like the Levitical priests who had to constantly go back every year and make sacrifices over and over and over on the daily even to, uh, to push forward people's sins. No, this, this happened one time. What's interesting is the righteous died for the unrighteous. Jesus didn't have any sin that could be laid against him. He didn't have a guilty verdict. When God looked at his life, there was, there was nothing that had been laid against him. There was no sin. He was completely and perfectly righteous, which is exactly what we needed as unrighteous. We needed a sacrifice because we have a sin problem. And so we are struggling with sin. We can't fix it ourselves. We need someone who doesn't have sin to intercede for us. And that's, that's what Peter's saying here. The righteous died for the unrighteous. And he did this for what reason? So that he could bring us to God. You need to underline that, that, that phrase. That he might bring us to God. There's power there. Often we think of, uh, of this thought. How incredible it is that Jesus loved us enough. That the Father loved us enough to send him. And that they loved us enough for Jesus to die for us. We grab a hold of that thought and we, we hold on to that for dear life. Because it's such a precious thought, right? Here... You need to flip that thought and see it from our side. That if this relationship with God is not as precious to you as it is to God, something's wrong. Does that make sense? He sacrificed an incredible amount so that he could have a relationship with you. If that relationship isn't as precious to you is as it is to God, if you're not willing to make the sacrifices, if you're not willing to line your life up with Him, something's wrong. That's an opportunity for us to go back and review why that has happened. What, what has what has, has gotten out of sync? Because something's amiss. Were you eager to come this morning to come sing songs of praise to him? To, to, to meet together with his people to learn something from his word? That, that's, that's what this psalmist in Psalm 42, he is so eager to be in God's presence. It's like a deer that's dying of thirst. 
I think, I think that's something that we can work on. Our, our eagerness, our, our delight in God. That's something that we can focus on. In the midst of our doubt, I think it's helpful for us to focus on that. In the midst of our pain and our grief and all of that bringing with it the doubt like it does. I think in that season, if we can delight in God, I think it helps us. If we can go back and review the pleasure that we find just in Him, not in, not in His blessings. Take, take His blessings away for just a second and just think about relationship with Him. How precious that is. How amazing that is. How eager I ought to be to, to be in His presence, right? David, in another psalm, says that he was glad when they said to him, let's go to the house of the Lord, right? There's that eagerness that you see in true disciples. We need to be eager. We need to be delighting in Him. Uh, that's one of the first things this, the psalmist points out here in verse 42, or in chapter 42. All right, look what he says in verse 3. Psalm 42, verse 3. He says, My tears have been my food day and night. You, you've been there, right? He's, he's dying of thirst for God, but all he gets is the, the bitter tears, the salty tears that, um, that he's crying as a drink. That happens to us, doesn't it? Psalms are so good. There's, there's so much value in Psalms, but one of the things that they bring to our lives is they mirror our emotions, don't they? You can see your own grief in the psalmist's words. So he says, My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, Where's your God? Maybe that's said longingly, right? Maybe someone's saying, Oh, where, where is your God? He can show up and I know he's real and I know he's powerful and I know he can take care of this and I know he's love and I know he's got his arms around you but I just would, 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 would love to see a visible, something visible here to grab a hold of that love. Maybe it's said with derision. I tend to think here it's said with derision. Where's your God at now, Right? Maybe you've had that experience too. Maybe you've had those words spoken to you too when something terrible happens to you. Maybe someone's rubbed salt in the wound there. I tend to think that's what's going on here in Psalm chapter 42. People are intentionally trying to make his suffering worse. In verse 4, he says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul. So something has been brought to his remembrance. He's, he's, he's thinking. He's remembering something in the past. As people are mocking him, as they're rubbing that salt into his wound, as they're making his grief worse, his mind doesn't stick on the grief. It sticks on something else. Because remember, this guy is longing to be in God's presence. He wants to delight in God so bad he can taste it, right? He, he, he wants to be able to He's almost crying because he's longing to be in God's presence. And he's distant from him. At least he feels distant from him. 
So this is what he remembers when he's in that mindset. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. He goes back in the midst of his pain, in the midst of all this this grief and when people rubbing salt into his wound trying to make it worse, his mind goes back to his mountaintop experience. This is a guy, we don't know who wrote this psalm. Um, it's, not, it's not named, and so we don't know. But whoever wrote this psalm is someone who had led the Israelites in worship as they walked to the temple. And so he's singing, and he's praising God. And in the midst of his grief, he goes back, and his mind latches on to that moment and how he felt and what was going on. During that time, this mountaintop experience, we have, we have those, don't we? When you go to camp, if you're a teenager, if you're an adult that enjoys going to camp, those songs and the late night devotionals and, and the closeness that you feel to God at camp, that's a mountaintop experience, isn't it? I wrote about polishing the pulpit in the Bulletin article this week. Uh, you should come with us. It's August 16th through the 24th. We love you. It, it's a mountaintop experience. You, you get to hear all these lessons and this amazing fellowship and the incredible singing, and you just feel so close to God. You need those mountaintop experiences. They're important. You can't stay there, right? You can't stay at camp. You can't stay at polishing the pulpit. You, you can't stay on top of the mountain, Right? We weren't designed to stay there. But you need those moments so that in these moments, in these seasons where you struggle with doubt, you can go back and remember, I felt and was so close to God in that season, at that time. I knew His goodness I knew that he was taking care of me. I, I, I felt the delight, the pleasure in just being around him. How many of us struggle with prayer? Yeah. How many of us struggle with, with Bible reading, right? Yeah. That happens, doesn't it? You ever try to read through Leviticus as you go through your, your one-year Bible reading? You get to Leviticus, you think, wow, I had a good run. I got through Exodus and Genesis, you know? We struggle with these disciplines. One of the reasons we struggle, I think, is because we've missed some of the delight that we ought to have in Him. Just spending time around Him. What do you do with your best friends? Your spouse, your kids. You, you enjoy spending time around them, right? You're eager to spend time around them. When you're eager to spend time around God like that, that's how you know that you're delighting in Him. Not, not His blessings, but just, just His presence. Just Him being there with you. Those moments, those mountaintop experiences, we can call back to those in seasons of doubt. When we're struggling, when we feel far away from God, 
we can call back to those, those memories and we can remember this is just a season. This is, this is just a moment. This is not going to last forever. And in fact, this hasn't been the way it's always been. I remember a time when I, I was very close to him. And so this is, this is a facade. This is, this is not going to last. And I'm going to come through on, this, on the other side of this, this season of doubt, of, of pain, of grief. And I can be close to him again. But you need those mountaintop experiences. Those things are important. So design those things for yourself. Design them for your kids. Design them for your family where you intentionally bring your family close to God. We've designed several of those as the congregation here for, for, for you, for families and for adults uh, to, to have those type of mountaintop experiences. You need to take advantage of those things. Design your own. Um, take advantage of the, of the ones that the congregation here has offered, but find those mountaintop experiences because you're going to need those during these seasons of doubt, and you can call back to that and help push yourself forward. Look what he says in verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and Mount Mazar. So those, those places that he, uh, that he talks about there, they're very far away physically from, from Jerusalem. And that's, that's where he's, he's living now. He's living somewhere far away from the temple and he's struggling. And he wants so badly to be in God's presence, but he is not capable of that right now. In verse 7 he says, deep calls to deep. At the roar of your waterfalls, all your breakers and your waves have gone over me. We might put it like this, when it rains it pours. You ever, you ever felt like that? Go back and look at what he says, all, all your, your breakers uh, and your waves have gone over me. And the deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. When, when it rains it pours. It just feels like nothing's going right and everything's falling apart. What do I do in the midst of that kind of time? I have to remember who helps me persevere through that time. Look what else he says. By day, in verse 8, by day the Lord commands his steadfast love. The Lord's in charge. He's the one giving out the commands here. It's not Satan, it's not my situation, it's certainly not me. It's the Lord. He's the one giving out the commands. He's the one in charge. And his command is his steadfast love. And at night, when, when things are, are worse, because often it gets worse at night, doesn't it? The grief seems to come down harder at night for some reason. At night, his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to my God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? That's, that's what grief does, doesn't it? it? It moves back and forth and it washes over us. And sometimes we're okay. And other times it washes over us and we feel like we're drowning. We can barely breathe. This is how grief functions. And the psalmist is going through it just like you go through it. And so he, he has these, these moments, even in this psalm, where he, 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 he praises God, but then in the next verse he's, why have you forsaken me? What's, what's going on here? He doesn't feel like 
God is with him. You ever felt like that? Most of us have. These, these seasons of grief and pain, that's what they're good for. They, they introduce doubt and then make you struggle through that doubt. And if you, if you stick with him, you're stronger on the other end. But this is what they're good at. But what I want you to notice right here is he, he feels far away from God. He feels forsaken by God. But that's not the case. And he's going to tell you that's not the case in just a second. It's what he feels. And you need permission, perhaps, to voice those type of feelings. Psalms gives you that kind of permission. It's okay to come to God with those kinds of questions. It's good to come to him with those kinds of questions. He, he wants you to. This guy, this, our, our psalmist, feels that way. But then he knows, and you need to know too, that feelings aren't always true. Often they will deceive you. How you're feeling right now, is that how you're going to feel an hour from now? Two days from now? Two weeks from now? Feelings, you can't depend on them. Can you? They're, they're not always, not usually, logical. They don't always hold weight. And he, he knows that. It's how he feels. And God's giving him permission to feel like that. But we need to remember that those things are not true. God has not forsaken us. He is, he is there. Look what he says in verse 10. As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where's your God? Here's, here's where it twists, though, in verse 11. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise Him, my salvation and my God. He, he's telling you the way I feel, God, God wants me to bring that to Him. But I need to recognize, too, that feelings... They don't, they don't hold weight. They don't hold water. That's, that's not, they're not true. Just because I feel forsaken, just because I feel forgotten, just because I feel like he's not listening, doesn't mean he's not. In fact, he's promised me that he does listen, that he will deliver. And so our psalmist is struggling through this season of doubt with us. But what is amazing here is this last line in verse 11. He tells us who to hope in. Hope, hope in God. The one that you're longing for, the one that you're yearning for. He's coming back. And that relationship that, that you long for, that can be perfect. It, 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 one day it will come to complete fruition. You'll get to see him face to face. Hope in God in the midst of your season of doubt. There's always hope. 
you're right to feel like this. We're supposed to long for him to show up and fix things because we live in a world that is messed up and broken. And so it's right for us to feel like this. And we're just waiting for him to show up and fix all the things. And you know what the good word is? He will. And he is. He is coming back. And he will fix all these things. And all of this is going away. And we'll get to be with him forever. And all the pain and all the sacrifices that you've made here, he makes good on. And he fixes everything. You need to be inside of Christ for that to happen. Because only those inside of Christ are going to get to enjoy those type of blessings. How do you get inside of Christ? That's, that's the real question that we need to tease out this morning. If you're wondering how you get inside of Christ, you're, you're baptized into Christ. And at that point you have all your sins washed away and you become a brand new creature, a brand new creation. Someone who's solely focused on his word and His will. Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you're struggling with doubt or, or some other thing that, that, that's gotten your attention and you're struggling with that. We want to pray for you that you can be everything that God would have you to be. Why don't you come this morning? If we have any need, please come. Have you been to Jesus for the cleansing power? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you fully trusting in His grace this hour? Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? Are you washed in the blood, in the soul-cleansing blood?
Merci. Good morning, church family. Hope everybody's doing all right this morning. If you're visiting with us, we are glad you decided to worship with us this morning. If you can take a moment to fill out a visitor card in front of you and place it in the black box um, or hand it to a member beside you, we'd greatly love to have a record of your attendance this morning. As um, Jerry and, and Chris mentioned that today's potluck, everyone is welcome to that. We have plenty of food, love for you to stay, fellowship with us. Um, so there will be uh, no 6 o'clock service, only 1 o'clock service. Um, and also, Wingate has been canceled. The singing at, at Wingate at 2 o'clock has been canceled uh, because Memorial Day weekend. Um, also, uh, we're still needing teachers for the summer quarter for Bible Hour. If you can help out with that, please see Connie if you can teach Bible Hour. Also, mowing schedules out on the bulletin board. If you can help cut the church grounds, we'd greatly appreciate that. Everything, uh, we have the mowers, we have gas, everything's ready and prepared for you. Uh, if you can help out that, please sign up on that. Also, June's schedule um, for all the serving and uh, for all the men is out in the foyer table. So uh, please, uh, all men, please grab that schedule to make sure that, um, you know, follow up if you have the Lord's table or if you're helping serve during the month of June. Also, Life Group 2 is Gary Leap's uh, Life Group. They will be meeting next Sunday, June 4th, up front for a quick meeting. Uh, so if you're in that life group, you'll meet uh, next Sunday. Also, VBS will be here right around the corner June 4th, uh, next Sunday as well. Um, we're still needing cookies for that. There's a sign-up sheet on the foyer board for cookies, and it's from 6.30 to 8.30. Uh, so please bring your kids, grandkids. Uh, we'd love to have them here for Vacation Bible School. Um, updates on our prayer list. Remember, continue to keep the Leap family in your prayers and the passing of uh, Gary Leap's brother. Uh, that was last week, uh, so keep them in your prayers. Also, remember, continue to keep the Wheeler family uh, in your prayers as well, the passing of Danny. Uh, also, remember, continue to keep Jimmy Wilgus and Sean Maynard and Jim Haney and Amber Spitzer as they go through their cancer treatments. Um, also, keep uh, Campbell Fulton in your prayers as well. Um, is he still in the hospital? Cohen is sick now, Campbell's better, so remember to keep the Fulton family in your prayers at this time. Um, also, uh, it's been a crazy month. I cannot believe it's over, um, almost over, but uh, remember to continue our graduates uh, in your prayers as well and the futures that they have in front of them and you know, the decisions they make uh, during this time of, uh, uh, in their life. Um, so remember to continue to keep our graduates in our prayers and also remember to continue to uh, those who are traveling this Memorial Day weekend, keep those in your prayers as well. That's all the announcements I have. I'm looking forward to seeing everybody again this, this afternoon at 1 o'clock. We'll sing one more song and be dismissed in prayer. Let's please stand again. We'll sing hymn number 250. We'll sing the first, second, and last verse, and then Brother Trevor Egner will have a prayer. <clears throat> how sweet, how heavenly is the sight when those that love the Lord in one another's peace delight and so fulfill the word when each can feel his pride. And with him, bear a 
when sorrow flows from high to high and joy from heart to heart. Love is the golden chain that binds the happy souls above. And pray. Father God, we thank you for the day, all the blessings of it. Thank you, Lord, for the time we've had to be here. Lord, thank you for Chris and his message. Pray, Lord, that we would take it, apply it to our lives, and go out into the world and be a light for you. Lord, just now we pray for those who have lost loved ones recently. Uh, in this difficult time, we pray that you would strengthen and comfort them and be with them. Lord, we pray that you would be with uh, the graduates who have recently graduated as they start the next chapter of their life. Pray, Lord, that they would look to you for their guidance and direction. Lord, be with the upcoming VBS that it may be uh, a light for you and uh, draw those closer to you and uh, pray, Lord, it will be pleasing in your sight. Be with us, Lord, just now as we uh, depart. Go with us, watch over us, guide us, and direct us. And Lord, be with us as we partake of the food. Uh, may it bless and strengthen us and bless those, Lord, who brought, uh, the hands that prepared it. Be with us in all we do. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. Good morning, sir.